0: Well, we are in week two of our series. We're calling it a fresh start. And the reason we're calling it that is because we're a fresh new church. Uh, Hey, we're a week old. Isn't that cool? (laughs) We're a week old church. And uh, last week was an awesome, awesome celebration together. And we're going to keep it rolling. And we're not going to stop. I I feel like God is up to something special. So let's take it in, shall we? And talk about what we um, are going to be... Um, looking at today, we're going to be looking at one of our three core values. And what we're going to be doing actually for the next three weeks is looking at the three core values of Reachway Church. We value other things besides these, but we feel that these kind of encompass what God would like to see Reachway Church do in this city, but also what God hopes to do in our lives as well. And so we're going to be talking about those in just a little while. But I want to talk about the why behind this Fresh Start series. Because it's important to know why we're talking about certain things as we talk about those things. And I want to share a few things about what we actually believe. And the first one is this, is that we believe that life, that new life is made possible here on earth through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We believe that, that God has brought down a new way of living, a new world that we could possibly live in. We call it the kingdom of God. And we believe that the kingdom of God is a, a world, a way of living that exists here on earth. It's not something we go to or get to, but it's something that we can experience right now in our lives. We believe that those who live in this kingdom of God experience this life where the old things of life pass away and the new things of life are brought about. We believe that God is always doing new and fresh things in our lives, that he's always restoring areas of brokenness or hurt in our lives. And so those who enter into this kingdom of God, this Jesus way of living, experience the old passing away and the new unfolding right before our eyes. And that's one of the things we believe. And and I would ask you today, can you receive this as good news? Do you receive that as good news for you today. Um, the way that we receive that, one of the ways that we receive that this morning is that we say yes to the Jesus way. We say yes to not being perfect right now, not having it all together before we enter into this new journey, but saying, I'm willing for something new to happen. And in fact, that's why we have tagged this series with this phrase, it's time for something new, Can you say that with me this morning? It's time for something new. This is something that we say we should be saying every day. Something that we should be willing to say every single day is that God is making me better today than I was yesterday. He's doing new things in my life, things that are different from yesterday and things that will be different tomorrow. Where every single day we can say it's time for something new. New, So I would encourage you, step in to the new thing that might be taking place in your life. Be willing to participate. Don't be resistant, but be willing to participate in what God is doing new in your life, the life of your family, perhaps on your street, your neighborhood, your workplace, whatever it is. Be willing to participate in the new thing that God is doing. So like I just mentioned, we are going to be talking about, for the next three weeks, Three different values of Reachway Church. What we talked about last week was kind of the, the vision that we have, or, or what we envision that God wants to do, not only through this church, but what He calls us to do and live into as individuals as well. And so we looked at a passage where Jesus definitively says why He came down to earth. And, and what He says in John chapter 10, verse 10 is that I have come so that they may have life. And have it to the full. We believe that Jesus came so that everyone could have a full life. And what that means for us is experiencing that everything God has to offer. It's opening ourselves up to the new things. It's opening ourselves up to the things that maybe we never thought that God would or could do in our lives but being willing to participate in opening ourselves up to that. So there's this verse in 2 Corinthians that frames all of this together, and I want to bring it in front of us today. If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, and the new is here. The full life that Jesus is wanting for us to experience is now here. Will we step into it? Will we experience it? That is my hope for today. So we're going to look at a story in the book of Acts. And if you're not necessarily familiar with how the Bible is laid out, I want to talk about the book of Acts for just a minute. It's sometimes referred to as the Acts of the Apostles. It kind of looks at the launching of the Jesus movement, or what we call today, the church but I believe the mission of the local church is the mission of Jesus. It's this Jesus movement. And it is launched in the book of Acts, which happens to be the fifth Bible or the fifth book of the New Testament, which is the second half of your Bible. Um, Jesus had his earthly ministry. We read about this in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, where he taught and he had this group with him. We often call them the Twelve Disciples or the Twelve Apostles. The, the people that Jesus was teaching, and, and at the time, a lot of those disciples didn't know it, but this what, what Jesus was teaching, the kingdom that he was talking about, the movement that was going to start, Jesus was actually taking a couple of years, and he's going to hand this off to this group of guys. And that's what the book of Acts is all about. In his life, Jesus was arrested, he died on a cross, he was buried in a tomb. Three days later, he rose again, amen, and he ascended into heaven. And one day, we're going to do a a whole sermon series just on those things. Arrested, died, buried, rose again, and ascended into heaven. This piece of him ascending into heaven is so profound, and it's so significant. And we actually see this in the first sentences of the book of Acts. Acts chapter 1, verse 8 shows us what Jesus says after he ascends into heaven, and this is it. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now what Jesus is saying here is he's foreshadowing what we call Pentecost. How many people have heard that term before, the term Pentecost? What that means is essentially the day, the time, the event, when for the first time, Jesus sent his Holy Spirit to dwell within us, empower us as people, but also dwell within the body of believers, the church body, the church family, and things like that. Jesus sends his Holy Spirit to the disciples at Pentecost, empowering them to communicate with boldness, the good news of Jesus Christ, and in this moment, the Jesus movement is born, and it's a beautiful thing, and here we are today, believe me now, products of this same exact movement that was birthed almost 2,000 years ago, people never stopped sharing the good news, people never stopped gathering together, And here we are today. Isn't that fun? (laughs) I want us to look at one particular story in the book of Acts. This story, A, is one of my favorites. And so I'm really excited that I get to share it this morning. But this story found in the book of Acts, and we will see this by the time we're done with it, is so foundational to the Jesus movement so foundational to what we call Christianity, following Jesus, whatever terminology you want to lay on that. This story is so foundational. So I want to be sure that we're all following along together. So if you have your Bibles with you or your Bible apps, I would encourage you to find Acts chapter 10. If you didn't have to happen to bring a Bible with you, that's okay. By your feet in one of the seat backs in front of you, there is a Bible there. I would encourage you to take one of those and turn to page 1,707, 1707. And this is what I'll say. We say this every week. If you are here and you don't happen to have a Bible of your own, the Bible you are holding right now is our gift to you. There's a sticker in the front fold of that. You can write your name in it, your date, whatever you want to do. That is your Bible. But I would encourage you all to follow along with us in Acts chapter 10 before we read it I want to ask a couple of questions to get our minds going this morning and the first one is this could you imagine the task of leading the first movement of christians the first movement could you imagine being the one in charge of the first movement of christians and and this is what that would mean for you: is that you actually personally on earth knew Jesus. You ate with him, you journeyed with him, you sat with him, he taught you and you listened. You actually knew him. And then he left <laughs> and, and handed you this movement that he wanted you to carry on with. You are now the leader. Quite a task, isn't it? Quite a task you have no one to look to as an example. There wasn't a leader that came before you who led this thing. As a pastor, I am mentored by other pastors. Pastors that have been pastoring longer than me. <laughs> and so I look to them and I learned from them. If you were leading this first movement, you would not have a single leader to look to. Except... Jesus, yeah, some of you got it. (laughs) And that's good enough, isn't it? Um, Jesus to look to. So this story in Acts chapter 10, I want to talk about the two main characters of this story. They are Peter and Cornelius. If you're familiar with the scriptures at all, you're probably a bit more familiar with Peter, the apostle Peter, who sometimes in the New Testament is this fired up guy that almost speaks before he walks or walks before he speaks, however you want to say that. And uh, he he gives us some great stories and some great teachings. But Peter ends up being one of the main dudes that leads this new Jesus movement. And it's pretty interesting. Peter is one of our main characters. Cornelius is another. Cornelius is who we refer to as a centurion. A centurion is someone who is Greek-born and who is a military official. Uh, a major or a general or whatever in the army, and we just call them centurions, an official that oversaw different groupings of soldiers. Interesting thing about Cornelius that we read in chapter 10, chapter 10 verses two and three, is that Cornelius, who was Greek-born and had his entire allegiance, or supposedly had his entire allegiance to the army, to Rome, was actually someone who was seeking God. We read this in verses 2 and 3, where him and his family were devout. They were God-honoring, and they prayed. And they were approached by an angel, (laughs) right? Um, Following God in such a way where an angel actually approached them. Pretty cool stuff. Um, So an angel prompts Cornelius to send for Peter. Someone that Cornelius has never met. Someone that Cornelius has no idea. This person lives out of town. And back then, if you're out of town, you might as well be halfway across the world, right? Um, and, And this angel prompts Cornelius to send for Peter. And he does. While those men who Cornelius sent walk to go get Peter, Peter has a vision. The same time that they're journeying... Peter has a vision, and I actually want to read together this vision. So if you would find verse 9, or it's going to be on the screen here. This is the vision that Peter has when the guys are on the way to get him from Cornelius. About noon the following day, as they, they, the people getting Peter, were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. Maybe you can imagine that this morning. It contained all kinds of four footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Interesting thing for a voice to say to you. <laughs> Verse 14 says, surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. And I feel like he said that with some vibrato, right? I've, I've never done this, so surely not, because I'm good, I'm Peter. The voice spoke to him, A second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. God just drops the mic on Peter's head. Are you kidding me? Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. That's our story. That's the vision. And after this vision, as soon as it's over, the people that Cornelius sent to get Peter arrive at the door. And this is where it really, really gets interesting. They call Peter. They say, hey, we were sent by a dude named Cornelius. For Peter, a stranger. For Peter, someone who might as well be halfway around the world. For Peter, someone that he's never met before. And Peter just goes, all right. In fact, let's read about this. Verse 28 and 29 say this. He said to the men that called him to join And go with him. You are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew, Peter being a Jew, to associate or visit a Gentile. Cornelius being a Gentile. Another way of saying Gentile is a non-Jew. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. How did he show him that? The vision that we just read. Verse 29. I love verse 29. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. Isn't that good? Peter has this vision, the people show up, and for the first time ever, Peter says, I know the law says this, but God has shown me something new. And so I'm going to be obedient, and I'm not going to raise any objection. I love how this story is told in the book of Acts. Peter meets Cornelius. They're hanging out together. They're getting to know each other. What kind of music do you listen to? <laughs> Things like that. Probably not. Peter realizes, Peter realizes in a moment, if we were to keep reading the story, Peter has this moment where he realizes that God is also speaking to Cornelius. That somehow, way, for the first time ever, Peter is realizing that God has spoken to a Gentile. God has spoken to a non-Jew. And this is how Peter responds after he realizes that. Verses 34 and 35. This is one of the cornerstones of our faith. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is That God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. Another way to say fears him is honors him. This is what our faith is founded on. And it took a vision. It took someone hungry on their roof, praying, getting a vision For God to say, I know what your law says, I know what you're used to, but it is time, Peter, for something new. And Peter realizes the most profound words that we could ever hear. I now realize that God does not show favoritism, but accepts everyone from every nation. I want, to talk, I want to give you three different reasons why this story is so profound. Hopefully, it's been profound for you already, but I want to give you a list of three, and it really kind of helps us understand what's actually going on here in this story. The first one is this. God is at work in ways that we rarely read about so far in the story of God. If you were to start at the very first page of Scripture and make it all the way to Acts chapter 10, what we are reading in Acts chapter 10 Is God working in ways that we have not really read about before? This is what I mean by that. A non-Jew is connecting with God. We don't read about that a whole lot. But even more profoundly and more significantly for us this morning, God is choosing to connect with a non-Jew. Are you seeing that? God is doing something new or maybe he's not just doing something new maybe we just didn't write about it before and the people who were writing down what we are reading today didn't write about it before that oh my goodness God is actually choosing to connect with a non-Jew and this would take people by storm but it's what God's doing (laughs) so we pay attention The second one is this, why this story is so profound, is that on the surface, it seems that God has overridden a man-made law, and this kind of hits us like a ton of bricks sometimes, but that is something that's actually going on, is that God is overriding a man-made law. How is another way that we can say that this is it? God is passing away the old and bringing up the new. Does that sound familiar at all? God himself is working in our world, building the kingdom of God, passing away the old, and bringing in something new. It's happening right here in Acts chapter 10. And the third reason why this story is so profound, this is my favorite one of the three, is that the categories of who is in and who is out get completely shattered. And I love that. It really drills home what God is so fervently trying to see done on earth. The new that God wants to see done on earth is that there are no labels. If you were here last week, we talked about these groupings of people, Pharisees and Sadducees and Herodians and all of these different groups of people, Jews and Gentiles. And God is saying, I need you guys to understand (laughs) that we need to completely rethink and redefine who's in and and who's out, if those are even categories worth talking about. Peter, an apostle of Jesus, now understands that he is on the same level as a Roman military official. Now, you talk about a lesson that someone needs to learn. And if anyone has ever gotten a dose of humble pie in their life before, like myself, then, then you might be able to go right back to that moment and be like, oh, I, I remember that one time where, <laughs> you know, that hard lesson that I resisted for so long where I'm actually not necessarily better than anyone else. Isn't that a place that we need to get to? Um, otherwise, what we call pride is never something that leaves our lives. And it's something that we hang on to for the rest of our lives. So you can imagine what Peter's going through but I love the obedience that Peter shows. I love the words that he shares. I know I used to do this, but God has shown me another way. I love that. And this is something that should be noticed. Is that this entire story is directly orchestrated by the Spirit of God at work in Peter's life and at work in Cornelius's life what needed to happen in order for this story to take place is for God to send an angel to Cornelius and for God to give a vision to Peter. Those are things that only God can do. And so therefore, God wanted this entire thing to happen. Make no mistake about it. God wanted Acts chapter 10 and kind of pouring over into chapter 11, he wanted this to happen. And so it could be said that this story and the lessons learned from this story reveal the truest and purest heartbeat of God. And so at Reachway, what we have done is we have taken this profound story and other stories like it, and we have allowed it to craft and shape our first value at Reachway Church, and that is everyone matters. We read this in Acts chapter 10, we read this in other places in Scripture, and we have crafted this to be our very first value is that everyone matters. And I would ask that you would read this with me we kind of use these two phrases and attach it to what we say when we mean everyone matters would you read this with me we believe that God created everyone and loves us all with an equal love we will live out the truth that everyone has a purpose everyone can grow and everyone can contribute we believe this to be true And it is one of the reasons why we do what we do. We phrase this specifically. We phrase this with purpose where we state what we believe and then we state how that belief actually changes and impacts how we live. Are you seeing that? We believe God created everyone. What we see in Acts chapter 10 is that God is calling everyone to contribute. He called a centurion to contribute to the Bible. He called a centurion to contribute to the thinking and the mindset that is foundational for anyone who would say that they follow Christ, is that God does not show favoritism. We believe that everyone matters. Knowing and believing that everyone matters is a foundational principle in experiencing the life to the full that God has designed for you to live. We believe that if you can get there in your mind and then eventually in your life, living in such a way to where you do believe that God created everyone with an equal love, and that that belief actually changes how you live then the full life that Jesus came down to earth for us to have in the first place is made possible for you. If you can get here, I think you can experience the life to the full. So, church, if you are in this room and you feel like you don't Or if you have felt that before, I want you to know that you matter to God, brother, sister. You matter to God. And you matter to the people of Reachway Church. You must know this. You must believe this. I know how it feels to feel like you don't matter. And you probably do too. And if you're feeling it now or if you felt it before or if you feel it tomorrow or next week or next month or next year, I want you to know I don't ever want you to forget you matter to God and you matter to Reachway Church. And that goes for anyone who's not sitting in this room as well, which is like six billion other people. <laughs> By the way. Um, Isn't it true, and didn't we see today, that God did something new in Peter's life? By showing him this, by showing him that everyone matters. So to those who are interested in a fresh start, to those who are even remotely interested in this Jesus way, this this journey of following Jesus, To those who are saying for themselves, it is time for something new. I want to invite you into learning what it means to live a life where everyone matters. There's only been one book that's kind of been written on this subject that's probably the best And it's the one we just read out of, where we are actually shown by the creator of the universe as Jesus what it means to live in such a way where everyone matters. If you are remotely interested in something new happening in your life, I would encourage you throughout the week and as we journey on as a church and as you journey on in your life, Ask God to show you, is there an area in my life that I am missing? Is there an area in my life, is there a way that I am living that would not support me believing that everyone matters? Ask him to show you. I don't know if you'll have a vision. (laughs) And I don't know if a blanket's going to come down from heaven with a chameleon on it. Um, I don't know how it's going to work for you. And if we got coffee, I could tell you how it's worked for me. And I believe that if you're really going to ride this Jesus journey, if you're going to step into this new thing, if you really, really want to see the old pass away and the new get laid out before you, then you have got to live a life in such a way to where you believe that everyone matters.